Okay, here we are live on the internet once again. We're sitting here with Patrick Stiles, who's in the health supplements industry. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm doing fantastic. Good, man. So we are sitting, I'm sitting inside of Patrick's place and Patrick's sitting outside. Uh, (laughs) I thought we were going to not disclose that part and make it seem like we're in two different locations. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So we're in two different locations. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Matt's in the back cave. Yeah. We are outside my place here in Austin, Texas. I'm in in the secret underground bunker uh, deep in the throes of Austin. Yeah, right. <laughs> we are actually up off of Lamar. And for those of you that watch these podcasts on or these blabs on a regular basis, you know that uh, this has everything to do with Austin. And Patrick's just given me a little, I think that's called, I call it daps. I don't know what, what it actually is. It's not um, me, somebody else is doing it. Oh, really? Yeah, props. <laughs> that's right. Now I'm doing yours. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So every um, single one. Yeah. So we are live in Austin and we're going to talk a little bit about startup world. And Patrick's had a company of his own uh, doing significant revenue for the past uh, five to seven years now. And let's uh, let's get into it a little bit. So, Patrick, oh. uh, one, one of the things that really intrigued me about you is the way we met, which was uh, in oh, an yeah. airport. Um, <laughs> yeah. why, don't you, why don't you tell the story? Yeah, sure. So uh, I was leaving um, traffic and conversion uh, with uh, my business partner at the time. Uh, This is a couple of years ago. We were all living in uh, Puerto Vallarta. And I don't know, I took off to go get a coffee and I came back and the two of you guys were uh, chatting it up. And uh, we'd all just came from the same conference with thousands of people. And uh, we're the only guys getting on the plane back to Mexico uh, where we were living. And uh, that was the start of a beautiful bromance of uh living in mexico that was a bit isolated uh but we definitely had some fun times cruising around on the beach going down to sayulita hanging out at bonfires and stuff like that so yeah um yes yeah so i think i stuck around in mexico for another couple uh months and during that time we got to hang out quite a bit got to meet uh, matt's beautiful wife his lovely son and stuff like that play several games of pool over at his uh his uh, marina beach house so yeah Cool. And then so from there, you kind of that was right about when you ramped up your travel. Um, Yeah, you had, you you know, much like myself, we both read the four hour work week. We're both kind of in in some you caught me a little later in my travel days, Mm -hmm. but uh, uh, you really ramped up your travel from there. What was uh, you know, where did you go? Well, actually, four or five years ago, I actually went to Asia for the first time. And, uh, and I lived there. Then I returned to the United States uh, to get my business off the ground. And then, uh, and then I left the United States again three years ago. And that was um, when we met in Mexico. Um, and then after that, it was, a, it was a whirlwind. I literally went around the world uh, in 2014. Uh, what were some of the memorable countries? Well, I lived in Budapest for several months. Um, I was dating a, uh, a European uh, gal. Uh, she was another fellow entrepreneur. Actually, I met her at that same conference, uh, Traffic and Conversion. So, yeah, we lived in uh, Budapest. We did a road trip uh, from Budapest through all the way out to uh, Paris and Amsterdam and then back up to, uh, uh, to Eastern Europe, to Estonia and stuff. And then I flew to Asia, did East Asia, Southeast Asia again and stuff. Then I went back to the United States for a few months to hang out in California with my brother and his newborn baby. And then I went to South America 
And uh, yeah. that was at the end of 2014. Yep. So then last year I did uh, Argentina, Colombia, Turkey, Spain, and then I uh, came back at the end of it. So, yeah. Awesome, man. And what's Those great are the about countries it is, I, lived, I visited, I don't know. Yeah, often. a bunch. Well, yeah. what's cool about it, I mean, the reason I ask you about that is not to like, have Patrick do some brag session. It's it's really about the automated income. <laughs> I will. <but laughs> that uh, yeah, it's really it's really about the type of income. I wouldn't even say that your income is you know fully automated. It's more of like the type of income that you have. It's it's the ability to earn money from anywhere, really from from your laptop, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, be able to you know if you have Wi-Fi and an ATM, you're pretty much set up. Would you say that's yeah. A fair assumption. Absolutely. Yeah. And a pro tip for the people that want to go overseas is get a Schwab investor checking account because it has great exchange rate and no fees. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I actually, I actually tried to set that up from a couple different countries. Oh, yeah. We're just, a, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The, the tip, the, the real tip on that is set it up before you go. Don't try yeah. and do it after you go because mm -hmm. they, they really have a lot of blocks set in place. Yeah. I was lucky five years ago when I first left the country, I sold my car to a guy that worked at Schwab and uh, I, I was about to take off like in a oh, week or so. Yeah. So it was a great tip. Probably saved me several hundred dollars in, in fees and stuff at a minimum. I, anyway. uh, yeah. No, at the end of the year, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I would look and I'd see that I have like $2,000 in ATM and bank fees from various countries. And yeah. I was like, well, wow. at the very least, at the very least, this proves that I was uh, overseas. You yeah, know, I'm right. going to deduct them. I'm going to deduct every single one of them. And yeah. it at least proves that I was out of the country the whole time because I booked myself. <laughs> yeah, you were there pulling out cash. I, I, I uh, list myself as a uh, international IT consultant. And so it kind of goes with the, uh, the whole image. Yeah, so, cool. So you're in the health niche and yep. you do supplements and you're very good at it. Um, you know, you Thank run you. a substantial six figure, close to seven figure business. Uh, but there were some things we were talking about before we went on live here that, sure. that really kind of touched. And it was kind of your advice, uh, you know, to people that are getting started online and and kind of some of the pitfalls that maybe you could help them avoid. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I certainly have a lot of these. It's a question that I get asked a lot when I meet people and they're like, you know, how are you traveling or, you know, like living from home or I'm sorry, working from home and, you know, <laughs> these different sort of things. Yeah. How am I living from home? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, you know, and and actually I don't wreck this up. I don't recommend the supplement industry, uh, you know, to people starting out and things like that. You know, it's a very dicey industry. It's heavily uh, regulated and it also has a lot of bad apples in it and stuff. So, you know, my philosophy on it is to create, to create uh, incredible products that are just really kind of stand head and shoulders above the crowd. But it's really hard to not only bring that product to market, but also to differentiate it in the marketplace and stuff like that. So it's quite the grind, uh, but it is a passion of mine. Um, but you know, one of the top things that I tell people when they want to kind of like enter into the world of internet marketing and making money from their laptop is to build a skill. And m the two that I believe are the two, uh, m most valuable are copywriting and traffic. And some of the reasons okay. is, pardon, I said, okay. And you're saying build a skill, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. absolutely. 
Yeah. And like really kind of like carve something out that you know how to do. And one of the reasons why I recommend those two is because they're the most expensive to outsource. They're the hardest to hire on. It's really hard to know if somebody is a good copywriter or a good traffic person. And normally it takes five figures to really kind of test them out. And you can definitely be out of that money in the, uh, the end. And then conversely to other things like coding and building websites and design, um, those things are very easy to judge. I mean, code can definitely get a lot more complicated. It depends on how complicated you make things. Um, but just for a plain old website, I mean, you can go to the website and see what it looks like and see how fast it loads. So that's really straightforward. So that would be one of more, one of the things that I would outsource right away, as opposed to, um, these other skills. And, right. and the thing is, is I so recommend. Be good, so be really good at one particular thing that you can uh, do for other people. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I Not would recommend that just for yourself, but be good at something that you can do for other people. Yeah, and that's exactly right. I would I would recommend that people freelance, and that way they're going to get a lot of kind of high volume action of building that skill. They're going to get paid to learn. They're going to get paid to improve that, and they're going to really get to survey the land of all the different businesses that are out there and what those industries are like. And then after they've built that skill, they maybe have some cash in the bank, they have some connections, and they really kind of know how these different industries work, you know, sure. then they can intelligently enter one of them on their own, um, you know, and, and go and start their own business if they really want that headache in their life. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you run a uh, successful business with a lot more employees than I have. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's a very difficult thing to do of running all the different aspects of it. So that's one reason, like, so I run my own traffic. Uh, I write my own copy and I've hired other people. I work with other copywriters. I'm doing more and more of that. And it's, it's hard to get good at those things because I have to manage so many other aspects of my business uh, day in and day out. There's always a fire. There's always an employee that needs something. There's always a project that needs review and stuff like that. So it's hard to really just do nothing but write copy or nothing but look at campaigns all day. So that's why I would recommend that people do that. So, okay. So now they've, they've, they've worked as a freelancer. They have mm -hmm. chosen a niche intelligently. What would you say is their next step once they've chosen their niche? You know, to um, really just kind of scale that thing. And this is a mistake that I see uh, a lot of people doing. And I have some crazy intelligent friends that have really kind of uh, gotten blood out of a stone. And what I mean by that is they've chosen niches and like kind of go-to-market strategies that are not very scalable. And one of the things that I see people doing a lot of is trying to like, say, build up like SEO over time and that's getting harder and harder so you really need like advanced software and really kind of inside knowledge if you're going to be doing that um but something like i'm a paid traffic guy and i love cold traffic and i think it's really kind of beautiful because i can pay somebody say 50 cents for a click and then if i know my numbers i can look at you know how much money i made on that and it's not always that simple you know it's it's a lot more complex to scale a campaign but nevertheless you know, I would pick a marketing strategy that is going to be, uh, you know, kind of that's going to be scalable over time. And that also applies to the niche that's going to have some deep, some depth to it that you can go deep as a heft, as opposed to having to go wide. And an example of sure. that would be, pardon? Absolutely. No, it's great. Yeah. Go for the example. Okay, cool. So, um, like an example for that would say is like you want to teach people how to uh, do dog training. 
Well, that can be great, but after you get a uh, dog training product off the ground, you kind of have two options. And one's to go deep, and that would be to do like advanced dog training or maybe service dog training or something else that, that is still in the dog niche that where you're going to be selling a similar product, you know, like the 2.0 or the, yeah, the 2.0 or the 202 class to your existing customers. And that would be going deep and going wide would be where you're, you're now producing cat training or bird training or something like that. And every time you go into a new niche and you go wide, you need to create a new front end offer. You need to create, you know, maybe a new brand, a new website, a new checkout process. You have to build a new customer base. And that is really, really hard. So it's easier to build yeah. one big fan base, one big customer base and just constantly improve products, you know, build a relationship with those people and, you know, really kind of become the master uh, in, in your domain. And, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day and, uh, he's interested in some different health products and you know, he's basically taking his time and choosing that niche because he's like, this might be the next five or 10 years of my life. And you know, right. that's really interesting. And that's one reason why it's so important to do your niche research and why I like freelancing because people are going to really get some action of seeing what's out there, especially if they're working with business owners and seeing what other people are doing, seeing how they're making their money. Um, and there's some industries that really are only promoted through affiliate marketing. So it's like, you know, do you really want to deal with affiliates, you know, manage those, you know, manage that entity, which takes a lot of work and stuff like that. So, you know, you really kind of have to ask yourself those questions. And conversely, I have other friends that love affiliates and they don't want to do what I do, which is paid traffic. So I love the, I love the analogy I heard recently. It says uh -huh. if you want to play on the PGA tour, you're not going to get three golf lessons and then go out for the tour. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've always heard that about brain surgery. Yeah, exactly. And I think that there's, uh, you know, kind of the, the double-edged sword of internet marketing. While there is money, you know, I've traveled the world making yeah. money. You've traveled the world making money. While that is there, there are so many people pitching snake oil out there that mm -hmm. people think that, that guys like you and I uh, essentially put up a couple pages and just been traveling on that money where there's like consistent day in, day out, you know, months upon months and years upon years of just effort and grinding, you know, yeah. just, just getting, oh, I paid my dues, right? <laughs> yeah. I paid and, my dues, man. And so oh. it's, it's like you were saying, you know, you're going to be in it for five to 10 years. I think a lot of people get in thinking that they're going to be in for a couple of years and then just have oh. this 10 K a month going on the outside here yeah. somewhere on the, you know, but yeah. it's really, it, it just really doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know, that, that's funny. I remember, uh, I had a partner in uh, one of my businesses when I was getting started in the online world and like we were negotiating contracts and like we were anticipating having problems. Like, how are we going to count all our money? You know, like maybe I'll have a house in Venice, you know, I mean, like, like it wasn't actually like that, but I mean, like we were just way too optimistic. And yeah. this is one reason why I'm such a fan of uh, freelancing because you don't know what you don't know if you dive in at the deep end and you go and, and buy, say, $10,000 of inventory and you don't even know how to make a website, you know, or how, how to build a relationship with customers and build that trust and, and really create something that's different and unique and, and, and worthwhile. So, yeah, well, it can be however, but I do want to sell it you know, that like, you know, the dream is alive. And yeah. I mean, last year, I think I took about five months off, 
of course, several of those months, you know, I took off to, uh, you know, do a new startup and work on a new project that we closed the doors on, um, which had more to do with the uh, personality dynamics than uh, the actual underlying business. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'm in, I'm eternally grateful for the lifestyle that I have, you know, and, the, and you know, the world that I've seen uh, and stuff like that. So, but, you know, it does take work. It's, it's kind of, uh, it's not as, it's not as good as I imagine and it's, it's way harder, but you know, it's, it's very doable. Absolutely. So yep. you're, you're in Austin right now. What, what brought I'm, you to Austin? I know you're getting ready to leave and, and head to Denver. Uh, but. Yeah. My uh, Subaru brought me to Austin. Yeah. Oh yeah. With my uh, Colorado plates. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've been back in the United States for about two and a half months. And uh, yeah, I came down to Austin because it's a uh, sweet city and wanted to uh, check out the uh, internet marketing scene here because there's so many marketers. It's pretty ridiculous, and, right? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I haven't even tried uh, meeting people and I've met uh, just so loads many. and loads of people, yeah. of uh, people that are running really interesting businesses, people that are very smart, uh, people that are making things happen. So it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. So, um, so you're heading back to Denver and you're going to be I am. I leave there. in like 12 hours. You leave in 12 hours. Yeah. No, I'm going to sleep uh, in late. I'm going to leave in 18 hours. <laughs> that's awesome, man. And get in at like three in the morning. I'm not looking forward to it. So. All right. Well, cool, man. So if someone wanted to get a hold of you for consulting on the health supplements business, do you do that at all? No. No. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I don't do that. You can't afford me. <laughs> like I'm not for hire. So I did this because we're friends and, uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. I believe in what you're building and stuff. So, you know, and I mean, like I love meeting people and I love helping them and stuff like, uh, you know, and I'm always happy to help people and stuff like that. So I'd rather just like meet over a beer and, and help somebody, you know, get a business off the ground and stuff. Um, you know, rather than actually, uh, hire myself out. So. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for taking the time. I know you got a lot of packing to do and uh, yeah, you got right. a long night ahead of you. <laughs> I do. I got to go on a fancy date and uh, awesome, say my man. goodbyes to some Spend people. some money. <laughs> uh, I think she's paying is what she said. Oh, nice. so I'm taking off. Yeah, so. Awesome, yeah. man. <laughs> I'm going to hold All her right. to it. Cool, man. Talk to you soon, brother. Yeah, sure thing. Bye-bye.